Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. Hey, we believe the word established is going to be a significant and important word for our church this year. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says this. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. Pause really quick, because Paul is speaking about salvation, which, by the way, happened for 6,755 of you at our church just last year, okay? That's so crazy. And salvation is God establishing you into a new position called in Christ, called a new creation or forgiven or undefeated or saved or whatever, whatever synonym you want to use. And please make no mistake, when God establishes you into that position, you no longer have to work to keep yourself there. This was never about your power. This is about God's power at work. This is not a contract that is correlated with your consistency or your ability to perform or keep it. This is a covenant that is signed, sealed, and delivered in his blood. And heaven forever is just the start. Amen? You've received Christ Jesus as Lord. Now, continue to walk in him being rooted, built up, and here's the word, say it with me, established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Continue to walk in him. I love that word, continue. It's one of my new favorite words because anybody can start stuff. Anybody can start growing their hair out, right, Conrad? Anybody, any of these knuckleheads can start growing their hair out, but only the few It's rare to see somebody continue and push through shampoo inflation and awkward hair phases and I'm sure persecution to reap the reward and arrive at the splendor that I'm looking at right now. Anybody can start stuff, right? Anybody can begin this journey with Jesus. I'm wondering if you can continue it when it's tough, when the valleys come, when the storms come, when you, when you don't see fruit and you don't feel God. Because as you continue, God establishes something within you. So what does that mean? Let me explain it this way. A few years ago, when we moved to Texas to start Red Rocks Austin, we rented an apartment that doubled as an office because Whole Foods had some problems with us uh, officing there eight hours a day and using their Wi-Fi. I know, I'm like, I gave you $28 and you gave me kale, Whole Foods. Like, I should be allowed to live here if I want to. And there was a particular afternoon where the enemy just kind of started chirping and whispering lies and, I mean, all kinds of just doubts and lies and fears, all the fears that you could imagine. And it, it hit us hard. And we started doubting every decision that we had made. It was one of those moments I found my soul just kind of yelling to God, like, God, why'd you call us to do this? Like, why we leave friends and family and jobs and 
salaries and seasons and it's so hot and this isn't even gonna work anyways, right? Like nobody here is qualified, by the way. It was a dumb and dumber moment. We got no food. We got no building. Even if we had a building, we got no people to fill it with. Our pets' heads are falling off. I spent our last $28 on kale and I'm, I'm still hungry. I almost called Sean so many times and just said, Sean, we're panicking. This is stupid, this ain't gonna work. And we just press command Z on the whole thing until that afternoon, Corey Miller put on some worship. Of course he did. And Corey, I don't know if you remember this, but I'll never forget it, worshiping for two hours in that apartment slash office. And then I will never forget what you said after because our praise broke something and our worship shifted the atmosphere. And then Corey said, now the devil knows that we're here and we're not going anywhere. Now he knows. And to me, that is what the word established means. There is an authority to it. There's a dependability and a permanence to the word established. My faith maybe used to be fragile. It's no longer fragile because I've got some roots in God's promises. And so guess what, enemy? You can, you can whisper all the lies you want and play your games and you can, you can send storms, but my faith is here and it's not going anywhere. I, I didn't build this house on the sands. I built this on the rock. I feel like trash talking the enemy just for a little bit today, if you don't mind. Because he's good at what he does, but he's also a moron because he chose fear over love in his kingdom over God's, okay? And he wants to take every single one of us down with him. So I, I wanna talk back to him and say, you can, you can play all the games that you wanna play and bring your despair, but my hope, my soul is anchored in something called hope. My goodness, and with my God, Morning doesn't stay morning. Eventually it turns into dancing. And so bring all the cheap shots that you want, but my faith is here and it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. There has never been a dark night that a sunrise has not conquered, amen? So guess what, darkness? The kingdom of light is here. So take your cheap shots all that you want. But I am established in the name that makes you tremble, the name of Jesus. In this world, we will have trouble, Red Rocks, but God's church is here and it's not going anywhere. My question is, what about you? What about you? Like Paul said, as I continue, I am rooted and built up and established in the faith. And what that means is things don't have to get easier for me to get better this year. Not if I'm established. And so week one of Established 2022, we're gonna call this message, Experience God. Because here's what you don't need in the age of information, more information. You're here not for information. You're here to experience and encounter the living God and his amazing grace. So Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, We just wanna experience you today. And I pray for every soul beneath the sound of this prayer that they would encounter you in the exact specific way that they need to today. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thanks, Scott. Love you. See you in 23 minutes. All right. So my generation, I'm a millennial, all right? My generation is a nomadic generation. That's one of the many things that we've been called, okay? And I think that's my fault because I counted it yesterday and no joke, I graduated in high school in 2006 and between 2006 and now, I have had 36 homes. 36 homes, no joke. Graduated high school, moved out, went to CU in Boulder. In my time there, I lived in one dorm, one basement. I had one apartment and five houses, one in Australia and four in Boulder. Just to clarify, I didn't own them, right? Rented them and or crashed there for free, okay? And then I graduated college, got my very first ministry internship that paid $3,000 for the whole thing, for the whole year. So I moved in with a host family, did that for a year. And then after that, my buddy Ethan and I, we loaded our entire lives into my Saturn and moved to Laguna Beach to be youth pastors where we got paid absolutely nothing. However, we did get to live in a beach house for free with a garage full of surfboards. So I'm not, don't hear me complaining, okay? I'm just, I'm just saying, there's my next home. And then once that year was over, we left to do mission work for a year all around the world and so many different places that year. I think just in, in January in Haiti, two homes, and then in February in Belize, two homes, and then we moved to Fiji in with a pastor and his wife in their house, but then a literal hurricane destroyed that house. So we went and found a different house and then moved in with another pastor in India after that and then six months in in Africa with four different hostels and five different homes with different pastors and then finally came back to Denver and I moved in with Ethan's parents for a month until I found a job waiting tables back in Boulder. So I moved back to an apartment in Boulder, did that for a year until I got a job helping start Ascent Church in Superior, Colorado. And I, I commuted from Denver because I wanted to live with my four best friends in a house in Wash Park, obviously. And then I got married and put some roots down. Nope, I got got married and me and Sam moved into our very first apartment together for nine months and then her dad's house opened up so we went there for nine months and saved up for a down payment for our very first condo but the day we were supposed to close it all almost completely fell through thank God it didn't but it did get delayed a few weeks so we crashed on her grandparents couches for a few weeks and that's where we lived until we finally got the keys to our condo moved there for two and a half years until we bought our house in Austin put our Littleton condo on the market, but it sold way faster than we thought. So we moved in with Sean and Jill and the Johnson clan until we finally loaded a U-Haul and moved to Texas where we lived in two different apartments over four months while we were waiting for our house. And on October 3rd, 2018, we got the keys to the house. And can I just say, there is no place like home. There's no place like home. I love that quote. Hate that movie. Sorry if that's a offensive to you, but used to give me bad dreams. So did Willy Wonka and Fantasia, whatever that was, okay? But there's no place, there is no place like home. Feeling grounded, feeling rooted, being established. What was that? It was the Holy Spirit telling me to change my message completely. No, I'm kidding. I can't do that. Feeling grounded, feeling rooted, being established is the sensation of home. I like traveling, I really do. I love coming home. That feeling of walking into your home where you're like, this is, this is my bed, this is my bed. 
This is my toilet. Can we be real? Like, this is mine. I don't have to wonder whose hair that is, right? Or what dude was just sitting here 30 seconds before me. It's a true story. In the airport last week, I took my three-year-old to the bathroom and this guy walks out of the stall. We walk into it and my son, Will, has no filter and talks really loud and just says what he is thinking. And he goes, daddy, that guy was bad at going potty. (laughs) He did not aim good, daddy. And (laughs) this guy could totally hear him and so could everybody else in the bathroom. I love it. And I'm not passive aggressive guy, um, but that's like my biggest pet peeve. So I said back to Will really loud. I go, I know, buddy. He peed all over the seat because he didn't care about you or think about you. And now we have to clean it up so you don't get sick, huh? And I I swear, I heard this guy like, he like like beelined it out of the bathroom as fast as he could. And I'm like, yeah, you better run. Get out of here. Um, love traveling, but I love even more coming home. There's no place like home. We need it. So Bill Stevens was my college pastor, and um, I gave my life to Jesus the first night I, I heard him preach. I still remember the sermon. He was the very first person who ever noticed a ministry calling on my life, Uh, He gave me my very first opportunity. He was my boss for a few years when I helped him start Ascent Community Church in Superior, Colorado, and he's he's still the lead pastor to this day, Uh, and now he's a good friend. And Bill's home um, burned down last week, and um, man, if you were affected by the fires, in, in case you're watching this from out of state, we have had historically devastating fires in Colorado recently. And my good, can, actually, can we all just stop for just 10 seconds and say a prayer? Join me. God, you know the stories, you know the needs. So right now, we just have thousands of people coming together and collectively praying one thing draw near to all the families and individuals and brothers and sisters and moms and dads and kids who have been affected by the fires, like a blanket of peace falling on them that is unexplainable. Draw near to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, They were on vacation when it happened and and came back, and uh, he texted me a few nights ago, and uh, he said, bro, we just went from um, the remains of our home to Walmart, And uh, he said, I I just broke down in like aisle seven of Walmart. The poor lady who was next to me didn't know what to do. And uh, he said, because it all hit me. And I realized um, we need everything in this store. And um, studies show human beings need a place to call home. I heard Judith Smith make this uh, point and ask this question years ago. If that's true about our physical selves, If our physical bodies need a physical home, like if I need, that's my bed. If I need, like that's my toilet. That is my butt imprint on my couch. This is where I come to not have to impress anybody or put on a show. Like I just let down and I'm myself here. If our bodies need a physical home, then how much more do our souls need a spiritual home? I wonder if there's so much restlessness and anxiety and fear in our world because so many people, for so many people, our souls are nomadic 
and are looking for a place to call home, including so many Christians. Maybe you started this Jesus journey, but like Paul just said in Colossians, you haven't continued it. Like maybe God established his salvation into your life, but are you establishing your life back into his salvation? For that is where the life you're looking for is found. God is where we go to come home, amen? Psalm 1-3 says, essentially to all those who are established in faith, says they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. I love this. I love this verse. It sounds so good to me. And by the way, one of the metaphors in the Bible is you being a tree, and that's what's happening here, okay? Trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. An established faith is fully planted and rooted in the promises of God. But you wanna know what's interesting about human nature when it comes to unhealthy trees, trees that are dying, is we spend all of our time basically just trying to fix leaves. You know what I mean? I mean, this is human nature because not only do we want fast results, but also we can see the leaves, right? And we live in a world that elevates, um, elevates, what am I saying? Image above authenticity, essentially. And so we think, man, if I can just be successful enough, and if I can just be you know, pretty enough or clean myself up enough on the outside, if I can just be interesting enough to get enough people to like me, whatever your enough is, it's crazy. You can actually walk into church and be dying on the inside. Somebody says, hey, how you doing? And you go, great, <laughs> see, I'm so good. You saw my last Instagram post. I am doing so fine, right? This is human nature. But you know, a good gardener walks up to this and and maybe glances at the leaves, but spends all their time actually at the roots because they know what happens here shows up here for better and for worse. For better and for worse. By the way, this is religion and why it doesn't work because religion is cleaning your act up on the outside, hoping it's gonna change you on the inside and it doesn't. This is why most New Year's resolutions fail, right? Because most resolutions are about us changing what we do, hoping it's gonna change who we are. But it's who we are that leads to what we do. You know what I mean? So for somebody in here, like maybe that's, that's your word today where you need to walk out of here and, and change from, I have resolutions of all the things I wanna do and change it to, I wanna get some revelations about the man or the woman that I want to become. You know what I mean? You need to get established and root yourself. Put some roots down into the truth about what God says about you and your identity because from your identity flows actions. When you know who God is, you'll know who you are. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. For a lot of us, man, maybe, man, maybe you're symptom solving. And so you'll take like, it's like throwing a Band-Aid basically on different symptoms, hoping it's gonna solve it at the source. So maybe it's like, man, I, I'm trying so hard to beat this addiction all in my own strength. I'm trying so hard to, to fix that problem or break free from that habit. And you, your heart is so good. <laughs> and you're trying so hard to do it. But what if, 
Here's my question. What if you took all the energy that you're putting into just trying not to sin? And there's wisdom there. Like there's, there's wisdom to Band-Aids. Please hear my heart. I'm just saying, what if you took all that energy you're putting into trying to be better and not sin and clean yourself up and you put all that energy into just loving Jesus more because what happens here shows up here for better or for worse. I've learned this personally, even in regards to the human body. For the last 12 years, I've had chronic head pain and neck pain, and I've taken so much ibuprofen. I've been given so many just prescriptions for the symptoms, okay? And, and I'm grateful for that, and that's, that's like a, a gift from God. That's very effective. Praise God for that. But it's not solving. It's not a solution, okay? So what I found is um, it actually, for me, it did a lot of damage to, to like my gut. I don't mean six pack, I've never had that. I'm talking about like my gut gut, you know what I mean? And I'm learning more and more as I, as I start to try to fix that and give my gut, my body what it needs, that all of a sudden, that's like the source and my symptoms are, are going away. Like my symptoms are getting better because what happens here shows up here. But we look at this because we elevate the image over the substance and over authenticity. But what happens here shows up here, like a tree planted by streams of living water. That is the source, that is God. If I'm that tree establishing by getting my roots to go down in the promises of God, bearing fruit in every single season, everything they do prospers. I don't know about you, that sounds so good to me. And all of that takes place beneath the surface. So when it comes to the, the fruit, for the fruit of the spirit, and we all know um, in Galatians, that's love and that's peace and that's joy and that's a sound mind and self-control and contentment and, and uh, like how many more synonyms do you want? Like they're all awesome. We want those things in our lives. I'm convinced that's why we sin is because we get a, we get a counterfeit temporary substitute version of that fruit just for a short time frame. And it, it kind of works until it doesn't, but that's why it's so tempting. But the real fruit, what you're really after, I've said this so many times, billionaires are trying to buy it, but they can't. They can't. You simply just receive it by getting established. Fruit does what it does. But so many of us, man, we try to make money just to like manufacture some contentment, you know? So I just picture myself spray painting, spray painting leaves green and like, I mean, I'm just trying to get some manufactured fruit on here. So I'll go to the spa to hopefully get peace, just a little bit of peace, right? And I'll go on vacations or something like that because I'm in search of this joy. And please go to the spa and get your vacation on by all means. But we do that thinking, this is all the peace and joy and contentment and patience that I'm going to experience in my life. And it's, it's manufactured, right? Like we, we, try to, we try to strive to muster more patience and, and more love for people in a, in a sound mind. But when was the last time you saw an apple tree strive and strain to pop out apples? <laughs> You've never seen that. They just do it because it's what they're made to do when they're established with a root system that is next to a, a source, right? And when that happens, man, you don't just survive bad weather. Bad weather actually makes you better. I picture like if you've ever been to the Redwood Forest, man, you stand in front of one of those massive trees and to me, that's just like the ultimate picture of established. Like 
this thing is not going anywhere. I am not going anywhere. I've put my roots down. Come hell or high water, come what may. Enemy, whisper all the lies you want. Take cheap shots. Whatever kind of storm or valley or, or waves or winds or rain are gonna come in my direction. I, I, I'm rooted. And the important part is taking place beneath the surface. God has established his salvation into my life, but I am also establishing my life into his salvation and nothing, and I mean nothing, not height or death or angels or demons or a pandemic or a fire or whatever kind of trial can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what if, what if this was a, a down in the dirt kind of year, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I'll I'll glance at the leaves and gather some information, but if I worked on my roots and established roots that lead to healthy trees, what if this was the year that you saw God's power at work in your marriage? What if this was the year you finally saw that addiction just kind of melt and fade away because that very pain that you were using that addiction to medicate is now being healed by the divine power that your roots are now tapping into? This is like, like resolutions or reso, re- revelations on, like, on sacred steroids. I don't know. This is like the power of God coming and doing what none of us can do and producing something supernatural in our lives. I see a vision of Christians with faith that is anti-fragile because their root systems are so established in God. so established in the promises of God that they're not, they're not going anywhere. And I, I see a church that's like a forest full of redwood trees that makes the devil just kind of shudder because the devil and all of his little minions know those things aren't going anywhere. Like we're rolling out every cheap shot that we have, but there is something so established and anchored and rooted and grounded about that kind of faith. What if this was the year that you got established? I'm telling you, I feel like all the things that you're looking for would come through that. If you took the energy away from trying to manufacture them and put it into getting rooted in the source who through you provides them, lavishes them on us, bearing fruit in every single season. Bad weather just makes you better. Man, okay, so we talked about the what and the why, but are you ready for the how? I wanna show you the how. And some of you are like, yes, dear Lord, like something practical. Enough with the lofty ideas and one-liners and vision. Like, tell me what to go and do. All you type A'ers are about to love me for the rest of this message, I promise. The way you plant your soul in its spiritual home, the way you get established in your faith is by incorporating these four kingdom concepts into your life. Experience God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. I believe every human being is made, and it has different seasonings and specifics for all of us individually, but every human, if you're gonna live a good story and you only get one chance to do that, it's got to include these four kingdom concepts that are thematically featured throughout the entire Bible. Experience God, find family, discover 
discover purpose and go lead. And the more you start to develop a rhythm of these concepts into your life, the more your roots begin to get established in God and the more fruit you're gonna see because of it and all the change you've been trying to muster and you've been wanting to see happen in your life, doing resolutions for years. And I'm not knocking resolutions, they have their place. I'm just talking about revelations this year. I'm talking about how revelation and rhythm of kingdom concepts is what produces results, not always resolutions. So at Red Rocks, we, um, we actually have avenues for you to do each of those four things. We exist to make heaven more crowded, and we do so by helping as many people as possible experience God, find family, discover purpose, and go make a difference. So let me go through those really quick. Experience God. This is why, by the way, we do weekend services. This is why we do Red Rocks Kids. This is why we have Recover. This is why we do Youth. This is why we do YA. We say all the time, come and experience what God thinks about you. It was A.W. Tozer, A.W. Tozer who said the most important thing about you is what you believe about God. And I'll take that a step further and say the second most important thing about you is what you believe God believes about you. So come and experience what God thinks about you. Find out that he's not mad at you. Find out that he's got a plan for you. Find out how loved and wanted and chosen that you are. This is what we believe to be true about God. Come taste and see that the Lord is good. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if that's true, and as long as heaven and hell are real, then our doors will unapologetically swing as wide as possible to make it as easy as possible for as many people as possible to come and meet Jesus and experience God. He is the answer that you're looking for. He is what we're all searching for. He's what we're all searching for. There we go, that's better. He's the answer that you are looking for above any new like product or ad that promises to to fix you. And there's a lot of them out there. Above any new leader or idea or mindset that promises to complete you. There is only one answer to the broken human heart. There is only one solution to this unquenchable thirst that all of us have in our souls. And we're finding this out globally by trial and error right now because we're trying absolutely everything under the sun only to come up more and more empty, which is why frustration is just rising and anxiety is rising as we're looking around wondering, is anything gonna work? We have the solution. We have the solution. It's not religion, it's not a concept, he's a person, and he's Jesus. So come and experience what he thinks about you, amen? And then find family. We wanna be a small church with a lot of people. A small church with a lot of people. So we do everything that we can to turn a crowd into a community, because real life happens in relationships. Though We have so many ways we do that here. You can do that in the lobbies. You can do that in a chat room. You can do that. Sports leagues. Um, I'd say the main way, the avenue of groups. All right? And by the way, there's a group launch coming up at all of our locations later this month. I challenge you to join a group. And if you can't find the right group for you, then uh, I challenge you to step up and lead the right group. Okay? So that, I don't know who that's for, but that's for, that's for a few people in our church. Um, but you need community. Never, ever, 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 ever give up on Christian community. You need Christian community. Statistically, your circle, it will be the reason you're still following Jesus or not. 
five years from now, okay? Never give up on it. You had a bad experience in a group once, I'm telling you, try again. You don't give up on eating food because you had one bad experience at one restaurant. You can't, why? Because you need food. And in the same way, you need Christian community. Never, I'm telling you, if you try, and maybe try again, and maybe try, like you, you will find family at this church. This is family worth finding at this church. You have to follow Jesus for yourself. You can't follow Jesus by yourself. That's not the design. We are community beings designed for community. Find family, and then number three, discover purpose, okay? We believe you were made on purpose and for a purpose. The two most significant days of your life, the day you were born and then the day you find out why. So we have all kinds of avenues here for you to go deeper in your faith and discover purpose outside of just a Sunday service. We have Red Rocks classes, but the main thing we're rolling out in the beginning of March is something called Grow. It's our Grow experience that we are so incredibly excited about because we feel like this has kind of been a little bit of a missing link. What Grow is gonna do, it's gonna give you a chance to not just learn about our church, but learn about how God made you and find your place within this church. Find out you're not an accident and you're not a mistake and he made no mistakes when he made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a reason you're alive. Somebody, like somebody watching this online right now, you need to hear that. There is a reason you're alive. You're not an accident. Maybe you surprised mom and dad. You were not a surprise for the Holy Trinity. You are, there is a reason that you're alive. And we are passionate about helping you discover that reason. How'd he make me? How can I get plugged in at this church so I'm serving in a way that makes me come alive? Because at the end of the day, I go, oh, I was built for this. I mean, that's how you live fully awake, and our world needs Christians that are fully alive and fully awake right now, amen? But not just to task volunteers. That's not our heart at Red Rocks Church. We're in the business of determining, developing, and deploying. How do you like that? Leaders, okay? So not just to serve within these four walls and help us build this church, but then to, to send you out into the world, into your sphere, to your workplace, to your apartment, to your school, to go and do number four, which is make a difference, to go make some good noise in a world that's full of a lot of white noise right now, you guys. A lot of just, man, if we, if we could bring a difference that stood out, the world is so ready, I believe, right now, for I feel just a forest of, of redwood trees so established in their identity and the promises of God and his life source and, and his power and his salvation that nothing can shake us and nothing can offend us and nothing can move us. We're here and we're not going anywhere. And by the way, we're gonna make a difference while we're here. We're making heaven more crowded and we are dragging the kingdom of heaven into this present age in Denver, in Austin, in Brussels, as it is in heaven, wherever you happen to be watching this as it is in heaven. Experience God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. But I will say this, the order of those things matters. So at the risk of sounding like a nerd, um, my buddy George sent me a math equation, and I'm gonna put it up on the screen right now. And don't say this out loud. What I want you to do right now is compute this math equation in your fantastical brain, and then I'm gonna tell you when we all shout it out at the exact same time, okay? So figure this math equation out. If you need more time, say, hold up, okay? 
Guys, is it, is it Laurel or Yanny, guys? Which one? Yanny, Laurel. Okay, are we ready? I'm gonna count to three, one, two, three, and then you, you yell out your answer, okay, here we go. One, two, three. Okay, wow, we are united on no number currently. Math has really divided us, guys. I know, I love adding in math puns, you know what I mean? It's so bad. Um, the answer is actually eight. Who knows why? PEMDAS, okay, thank you. PEMDAS, and no, that's not a cuss word, okay? Like I would never, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Logan, stop being such a PEMDAS, okay? Like I wouldn't do that in church, okay? PEMDAS is not a cuss word. PEMDAS is the order of operations. It stands for please excuse my dear aunt Sally. And what it means is in math, we do some functions like multiplication and division before we do other functions like addition and subtraction, okay? And the reason, and by the way, if you missed that problem, that's probably because you were cool in high school, okay? So just... (laughs) Feel better about yourself. But you might be asking, why are we doing math in church? Like, get back to the word of God, pastor. I know I'm as mad as you. I wish we didn't have to, but the reason we are is because math and Christianity are very similar. And when I say that, I mean the order matters in both of them. So in Christianity, the moment you put rules in front of relationship, you've lost Christianity. Jesus was more interested in the backstory before he convicted the behavior. You can believe, you can belong here before you believe what we believe. The order matters. And it also matters when it comes to our four kingdom concepts. Experience God comes first. Experience God comes first. Because we talk about finding family and discovering purpose and making a difference. And absolutely, God's plan for your life to do all of those things, they begin with experiencing and encountering this God. It's like 1 John 4, 19. We, we love because he first loved us. We go and give. We go and do because we first received something. So now we have something to go and give and go and do. And so, so uh, uh, here's what I'm getting at. We are starting 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church this year. And we're kicking it off tomorrow, which is Monday, January the 10th. And we're gonna make this super practical for you. So if you just kind of got really nervous, don't get nervous, get excited. If you're thinking this isn't for me, here's what I wanna challenge you. You can do spiritually challenging stuff. Like this isn't for the elite Christians, whatever that means. You need to stop believing this is not for you. You can do this. And I just believe so much this could be your best year if spiritually you establish it in the best way. If you spend January, that's been God's challenge to me. Spend January with no other goals other than just to to sit with me and be with me and watch me and experience me and encounter me and receive from me how, first of all, how honoring that is to God, but it's going straight to the roots and getting established in the trajectory that sets for the rest of your year. I'm so incredibly excited about the fruit, not manufactured, but the divine fruit that this is going to bring for a church corporately, but also just for you individually. And so be on the lookout um, 
for social media posts really quick. You can, there's a QR code in the URL. If you go to this page on our website, it's got so many resources for you, different fasts to choose from. Um, a sermon I gave at the end of last year called Five Reasons Fasting Will Change Your Life. It's got our established film. It's got, it's got a 21-day Devo, a PDF Devo that we're all gonna go through together from January 10th until this month is finished. And we are going to, gonna put some roots down and say, we're not going anywhere. We're here. And I've decided this is how my year is going to start. Man, that's so powerful. So I wanna challenge you, do this, because this is for you. The order matters. Experience God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. And next week, you'll hear about finding family. Week three, you'll hear about discovering purpose. And then week four, making a difference. But I just wanna finish right here by setting an atmosphere um, for us to experience and encounter God during worship. And I was gonna read it to you, but I'm just gonna kind of paraphrase this story because I'm realizing how long-winded I am. Um, There's a crazy story in Matthew 17 that's called the the Mount of Transfiguration. And, And Jesus takes three of his boys, his best friends, Peter, James, and John. They hike up a high mountain. Um, And by the way, if you want some mountaintop experiences this year, you might have to hike up some mountains. The fast is your first opportunity to do so. They climb up a high mountain. And when they get to the top, um, this is so crazy, without warning from Jesus, and I'm like, you couldn't have given him a little heads up This was about to happen, but the Bible says he transfigured in front of them. And all of a sudden, Jesus is glowing and radiating glory. And then the Bible says Moses and Elijah also show up. The the two prophet guys, like the, the bad boys, the golden boys of the Old Testament, are all of a sudden here with Jesus. And in a Jewish context, Moses represents the law, and Elijah represents all the prophets, both of which pointed forward to a Jewish Messiah who would fulfill both of those things. So they're all here, and, uh, and Peter, of course he does. Peter speaks up, okay? And he says, he says, Lord, it's good that we're here right now. My goodness, you've got Moses, the receiver of the law, Elijah, the most ultimate prophet, and then the Messiah, and then, you know, I'm, I'm a fisherman, and I can build some stuff, and it's good that I'm here. Let me build some huts and some shelters, one for each of you, and it's so crazy because God actually interrupts Peter and talks over him, and the Bible says God sends a literal fog, which is kind of like the equivalent of if my three-year-old won't stop talking, if I took my jacket and just kind of put it over him, like, oh my, shh, dear Lord, like, oh my, oh my Lord, like, be quiet, okay? That's what God was just, shh, Peter, I love you so much, shut up, Okay? (laughs) And there's only two times in the New Testament, at least the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where God actually talks to humans. And he says the same thing both times. Jesus' baptism, and on this mountain, he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter, James, and John are on their faces beneath this fog, and when the fog finally clears, it's just Jesus. Elijah and Moses are gone because Jesus is the fulfiller of the law and the prophets. 
And James looks at Peter and goes, Peter, you idiot, stop. And um, it's an interesting question. Why were those three guys there? That's, that's where I'm getting at. Why were those guys on that mountain in the first place? Because apparently it wasn't to do anything. It wasn't to speak up or say anything. They tried and God hushed them. The same question could be asked about why are any of us here on this planet right now? Why are you included in God's story? Why am I first and foremost here? Yeah, we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to building the church, Peter. We got some difference to go and make in the world, John. But first and foremost, you're simply here to do nothing but listen and nothing but watch and nothing but encounter, nothing but experience, nothing but witness. So when we go down the mountain, you have something to give and something to share. You're more established. You're not going anywhere. Why are we here? To experience God, to encounter him. The one who doesn't need any of us to do anything, you guys, but lets us play along invites us to build and how crazy cool is it that we are included in God's story so we're going to experience him during worship and it's my prayer as we sing this new song called make way so make way come and behold him the kingdom of light you know what's crazy is one more parallel from that story. Um, Moses had a, another mountaintop experience back in Exodus 34, I think, where he's on top of Mount Sinai and he, he and experiences God and he receives the law and he comes down off that mountain and his face is also glowing, which is crazy. Not because he just exfoliated, but because he is like radiant, like he's reflecting the glory of God. Here's the difference though. Moses is glowing from without. Jesus is glowing from Within, Moses is reflecting the glory of God. Jesus proved he is the glory of God. And so first and foremost, we assume the role of Peter and the boys where we're just there to experience and encounter and watch and listen. God is saying, this is my son. I have put all of me into him. Listen to him, learn from him. You wanna know what God is like? Look at the son, look at Jesus. He is the glory of God, experience him. And then we assume the role of Moses where we come down off the mountain and now we are reflecting that glory to the rest of the world like lighthouses and cities on a hill to say, hey, everybody far from God, everybody who's unsure of what your heavenly father thinks about you, come home, come and experience, come and find out the greatest news in the world like a lighthouse guiding people home to find out how loved and chosen and accepted and approved of they are, not because of them, but because of Jesus, because of Jesus. Come and experience God. It's cool. People can come here and experience God, but he's not just in buildings anymore. He's in us. The more we behold the light of the world that is Jesus, the more we reflect that light to the rest of the world, which means your friends can come here and experience God, but when you walk out of here, you bring that with you. 
you bring the reflection of that glory with you because the Holy Spirit in heaven is within you, which means your friends or your family or your coworkers can actually experience God at work by reading the Bible that is your life. And how bad do we need that right now in this world, amen? Would you guys stand? I am not doomsday guy, you know me. Um, I'm not the guy that's like, things are gonna get worse, so hunker down, no. Um, But I do feel pressed to say, things don't have to get easier for us to get better as Christians, you guys. In fact, I think we are at our best when things are most challenging and most pressing. And I don't know about you, but I'm just tired of waiting for everything just to to get better before we go and we do. Like, I'm sorry, but guys, I gotta go. I gotta go. Gotta come down off of this mountain and we got people to reach. We got a gospel to preach. We got a church to build. We have roots to establish. We've got an enemy to trash talk. We've got friends and coworkers to share the gospel with. We have a kingdom that has been established here, but is waiting for us to partner with God royally to drag it here more and more, making everywhere that we are look more like heaven, amen? It's my prayer for you that you would find yourself established in a way that's just like, I feel like I'm home wherever I go, because my soul comes home in God, and my roots are healthy. And I bear fruit in every season. And he is with me everywhere I go. And I feel peace and I feel joy regardless of circumstances. And and trials just make me better. And I I still love people. I even like people, even though they drive me crazy sometimes. And I have have patience and I have, I, I feel content regardless of the season I'm walking through. Like I should have green leaves and fruit. And I'm not striving or straining, just letting this system that God designed do what it does because I'm establishing it where it matters, amen? So Jesus, we love you so much. I just pray um, over everybody in Red Rocks Church. That they would incorporate a profound amount of experiencing you and finding family and discovering purpose and making a difference into their lives this year. I pray for some people, they'd fall in love with you all over again. I pray for some of us during this fast that you would restore the joy of our salvation to us again, that you would give us peace again. Those of us who have been living by what is true and not feeling it for far too long, would you bring feelings and emotions back into this again? Would you remind us of our first love once again? Would you give our our spirits some life and a breath of fresh air again? To not wait for things to get easier, but go and be your hands and feet. Would you make this church into a forest of redwood trees who aren't going anywhere? Because not only have you established your salvation into our lives, but we are continuing day by day to establish our lives into your salvation. 
So right now, before we get going and doing, we do some slowing and beholding. Behold the light of the world so we can reflect your light to the world. In Jesus' name, amen.